Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. This is your brother Mikhail Ahmed Smith here from Qalam. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, please donate to Qalam by visiting supportqalam.com. We love being able to share this content for free, and your donation ensures that we will always be able to do so. Each podcast we produce has thousands of lis- listeners, so the support you give to this community in this effort brings immense reward. You never know who will benefit from your donation. Assalamu alaikum. اللهم إنا نسألك حبك وحب من يحبك وحب عمل يقربنا إلى حبك يا رب العالمين يا الله we ask you to make this a gathering in which we increase in our knowledge of you and your beloved Prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم we ask you يا الله to make this a gathering whereby we become closer to you يا الله and we ask you to make this a gathering whereby we leave this gathering and our sins are forgiven يا رب العالمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم so today uh, as we know, Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi rahimahullah ta'ala in this book is highlighting different vices and different uh, sins that are destructive to our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and which are destructive to ourselves in general. And uh, Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi rahimahullah ta'ala, last week we spoke about, um, now he's going, he's delineating the specific ma'asi, the specific sins that will destroy one's relationship with Allah. So last week we started with um, the primary disobedience, the primary uh, ma'asiyah, which is shirk uh, billah. And we broke that down from the perspective of dhulm, the concept of wadu'u shayfi ghayri mahallihi, oppression or dhulm, which means to place something where it doesn't belong. And the highest form of dhulm, the highest form of that is to place worship in other than where it belongs. Um, so now what that brings us into today is a topic which is called Shirk uh, al-Khafi. Um, and Imam uh, Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah, rahimahullah ta'ala, he says, He says, now I'm moving forward to a type of shirk, a type of associating partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, which is directly in worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In worship, so he says this comes from people who believe in la ilaha illallah. They have the i'tiqad, they have the belief that there is one Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, and wa'annahu la yadurru. No one can harm but him, no one can benefit from him uh, other than him. He is the one that gives, he is the one that takes away. They have all of these beliefs. He says, however, they don't make their actions. Uh, purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he uses a key word which is khulus, ikhlas. The actions aren't purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, as we began last week, it is extremely important to understand that tazkiyah of the nafs, tazkiyah of the soul, is fardul ayn, it is an obligation of every single person to purify their heart and to purify their soul from the radha'il, or the evil qualities of the heart, of the soul. And unfortunately, tazkiyah to nafs, the purification of the heart, the purification of the soul, has become a marginal topic in our masajid. We focus on the, the, the form of your back in ruku, but your heart's all over the place. We focus on your eyes right at the spot of sajda, but when you walk out the masjid, your eyes are on every haram. So we haven't really fixed and focus on one of the fardul ayn, and that fardul ayn is islahul qalb or tazkiyatul nafs, rectifying the inner state of your heart and purifying the heart. Um, and it's fardul ayn, and the reason is because we begin at one position, and our goal, this is very important to understand, our goal is, the goal is, the goal is to worship Allah as if you see Him. That is the goal. That's what we're striving for. Where every moment in the life is as if you see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, on the way there, like if you were to draw a beginning line, right? And draw a, a beginning point and draw a straight line. And the goal is, On the line, you would put lines that would say, Hasad. A jealousy. Anger. 
uh, uh, bulls, like hatred for someone, uh, kibber. All of these are lines or hurdles that come across your way to that right? And one of them, one of them is ikhlas and riyah. One of them is called, and each of them, subhanAllah, each of them has an opposite, right? Each of them has an opposite, which you should be trying to beautify the heart with, but when you don't beautify the heart with it, the other side of it is what comes up. So, for example, kibber, arrogance, is one of those primary things, and we're going to talk about it in detail in the next halakha, but kibber is one of those primary things which will stop you completely from getting to Allah. Completely, you won't be able to reach there. But what's the opposite that you're supposed to adorn your heart with? Humility. Tawaba. Tawaba is humility. And the opposite of sakht, sukht, is to be displeased with Allah. To be displeased with whatever happens. Frustrated with Allah's taqdeer. That's a hurdle that will come. What's the opposite of that? It's called rida. Rida is a quality of being pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? So, so my point here, brothers and sisters, is that the objective is to adorn the heart with these beautiful qualities. And, 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 and we have to work towards that. Now, today's, the one we're talking about today is extremely hard to, to, to get rid of. And that is uh, Riyah. Now, Riyah, first and foremost, comes from the word, according to Imam Ghazali, Ru'ya. And in the Arabic language, what does Ru'ya mean? To see or sight, right? So this concept of riyah, um, and I'll, I'll define it in a minute, but I just want to come around it at first. It, it comes from this root word of ru'ya, to see. And Imam Ghazali explains that why is riyah so difficult to get out of one's uh, self? He says, because from the moment we're very, very little, we've always grown up seeking the approval seeking the acceptance of parents and elders and those in our community. And as we said, as a child, if, you know, this one right here, I'm pointing to my daughter here, if this one right here was to draw a beautiful picture and to hide it under her pillow and said, I did it for the sake of Allah, we'd be like, we need a child psychologist here. We need someone to see what's going on here because it's a part of normal development that we seek that um, kind of acceptance and that approval, right? It's a normal stage to want to show what you do. And it's totally normal. But the problem is that as we grow, you teach your children pretty quick, as they mature, that, hey, Ahmed, hey, Fatima, it's time to stop doing it to show. It's time to start doing it for a deeper reason, right? And that's part of the maturing of a normal person. Now, the exact same concept, brothers and sisters, applies to spiritual maturity and spiritual immaturity. A spiritually mature Muslim doesn't need pats on the back anymore. The spiritual, spiritually mature Muslim... Karima, please. The spiritually mature, the spiritually mature Muslim doesn't necessarily need to say... Hey guys, I woke up for Fajr today. And we go, oh, mashallah. Great job, Ahmed. Mashallah. <laughs> you know, the spiritually mature Muslim doesn't go, hey guys, I lowered my gaze today. You know, give me a high five. No, because we understand. Now, in the beginning, we go, Ahmed's fasted today. He's only five years old. We go, Takbir, Allahu Akbar. But as you mature, the idea is to let go of the training wheels. Those training wheels are the need for social acceptance. Now, I think one of the reasons uh, and one of the things that is really troubling today is the breakdown of the family. And I'm going to tie it to Riyadh very closely. The family is the place where you learn that you're appreciated first. The family is the place where you first get that someone looked at my drawing and, and said, MashaAllah. Like, you can't even tell what it is, but you go, that's amazing, right? Right? You just give it everything you got, right? There's a funny meme about that, but whatever. Right? But the, the point is that the family is the place where you first get that lesson that I'm appreciated in this world. Now, what happens if you don't get that? What happens if Baba's not at home, Mama's too busy, and no one's there to appreciate anything Abdullah does? Abdullah comes home with straight A's, and he's like... 
Guess it's for Allah. <laughs> Ain't nobody here. Or they're too busy to appreciate the accomplishment of Ahmed or Fatima. So now what happens is we, we now seek out that acceptance, that appreciation from somewhere else. We seek out that appreciation, that acceptance from other, from other places other than uh, Allah, other than that family because we didn't get it anywhere else. And, and this is where, uh, this is how we end up hooked on social media where we'll get likes, hooked on Instagram where we'll get some appreciation for what I did. Because someone in society has to give me worth and someone in society, I need someone to tell me, good job, you did a good job. So I think the family and the household, if you have little siblings, if you have brothers and sisters, even if you didn't get it, you have to appreciate the accomplishments they make so that they go through the steps of maturing. Or you know what happens? They get stuck in that phase of, I need someone to pat me on the back for whatever I do. They don't go to the next level. All right, so Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah, he explains that this particular disease of the heart that has to be cleaned, fardul ayn, fardul ayn. What does fardul ayn mean? Obligatory on each and every person. The reason why it's so difficult is because we naturally grow and have it, but we have to get rid of it over time. <coughs> we have to get rid of it over time. Now, uh, what is when we look at an action first and foremost? When we look at an action, the Imam uh, today, Habib uh, read an an ayah. What anas alannahum ajma'in. What anas alannahum ajma'in. Amma kanu yamalun. Allah says that what anas alannahum ajma'in. We will question all of it. Fawarabika. Fawarabika. Nam. alannahum ajma'in. Allah says, I swear by your Lord, we will question all of them. Then the next verse goes, "Amma kanu yamalun." Regarding the actions they used to do. Now, here's the thing. What are the two, what are, what's the aspect of questioning regarding the action? Do you know what I mean by that? When Allah says he's going to question you about the action, many times we focus on whether I did it or not. Right? Whether I prayed salah, whether I lowered my gaze, whether I paid zakat, whether I, whether I checked it off or not. But this concept of being questioned about the actions is much deeper. It's not just about whether you did it, but what? What's the next thing? Well, why you did it? Why you did it? Now, here's the key. You know how we talk about Abu Bakr as Siddiq? The word Siddiq, what does Siddiq mean in English? Truthful, right? But there's a deeper meaning. It's when the inner and the external match. See, Siddiq, you call someone a liar, when they say something to you and they're trying to play you, right? Yo, you're lying. Even if he's telling the truth, but his heart is different, right? Politician style. He's telling the truth, but his heart doesn't mean that. You go, you're, you're lying, man. Use another acronym for it. B and something else, right? Use another acronym. We say, yo, you're BSing, right? What does that mean? It doesn't mean you're lying. It means the outward and the inner don't match. So the concept of riyah. The reason why riyah is so hated by Allah is because, and why is it called another type of shirk? It's, it's called another type of shirk because now this action, this gift, which was solely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, has now been, been, been attributed to something else as well. Right? So today what I want to go through uh, today is, is, is look at... In the Quran, look at in the hadith this concept of riyah. And then talk about well, what is riyah actually? And then talk about how to cure riyah. Inshallah, that's what we'll be speaking about today specifically. Because this is a major, major problem. He he narrates a, a narration here. He says, He says, Bel He says, This person This person doesn't make the action purely for Allah. He, he does the action for his, his or her own nafs. Or to get dunya. Or to get a higher status or famous. In the khalq, in the sight of people. And so on and so forth. And he's like, there's a hadith. shirk. This is a form of shirk. The Prophet he said, The shirk in this ummah. 
right? The shirk in our ummah, akhba min dabib al I'm gonna come back to this hadith. The Prophet in this hadith, he says, the shirk that my ummah will perform is more subtle than the, uh, if you can even call them, footsteps of an ant. The shirk of this ummah is more subtle than the footsteps of an ant. Qalu <coughs> kayfa. The Prophet, the Sahaba said, kayfa nanju minhu, ya Rasulullah. The Sahaba said, ya Rasul, how are we going to protect ourselves from this? We'll talk about practical steps. But here the Prophet Sallallahu he said, قَالَ قُلْ أَلَّهُمَّ إِنِّي أَعُولُ بِكَ أَنْ أُشْرِكَ بِكَ شَيْءَ أَعْلَمُهُ وَأَسْتَغْفِرُ لِمَا لَا أَعْلَمُ We'll teach this dua at the end, but the, we'll repeat this dua at the end together so we can learn it. But the Prophet Sallallahu he said, read this dua. And the dua is, O oh Allah, أَلَّهُمَّ إِنِّي أَعُولُ بِكَ O Allah, I seek refuge with you from associating partners with you knowingly. And I ask you, Allah, to forgive me for when I unintentionally uh, see, uh, uh, associate partners with you. We'll come back to this, inshallah ta'ala. Khair. Let's look at this. What is riya? First thing for, first. What is riya? First thing first, riya comes from the root word ru'ya. Ru'ya. Which means to be seen. To, which means sight. Which means sight. One easy way to understand riya, if I was to put it in one sentence, and just drop the mic and be like, yo, halakha's over for today. Riya is when the ru'ya of people is stronger than the ru'ya of Allah relating to you. That's it. When the ru'ya of people, people's sight, eyes on you, is higher or more significant than the ru'ya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on you. At every moment, if you can consider that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking at you more closely and, and his, his looking at you is more important, you will be saved from Riyadh. But the moment you elevate people's looking at you above Allah's looking at you, you fall into Riyadh of many types. So like if we could give one definition, it's when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking at you, Ru'ya, is placed under the Ru'ya of people at you. So now how does Imam Ghazali rahimahullah define Riyadh? Listen to this. He says, he says, is nas. I want you guys to really think over this definition. He says, manzil. It's to seek out a level or a status in the hearts of people. It's to seek, it's to seek talabul manzila. Manzila means like a status, like level one, level two, level three. These are manzil, manazil, right? So it's to seek out in people's hearts a level, right? You want people to hold you in a certain level. So how do you seek that out? Bi'ira'ihim, by showing them khisalul khair, by showing them right, righteous actions. Everyone understand this definition? Very interesting, very, very uh, beautiful way how he explains it. And you can actually understand, um, you can understand uh, how evil this is when you realize that all I want to, I want to be in everyone's heart. I want to have a position in everyone's heart and I'm going to use whatever it takes to get in that position. So Imam Ghazali rahimahullah ta'ala, he explains the things one can show off with. So Murai. The things one can use uh, as means by which to gain position in people's hearts are the following five things. These are five things Imam Ghazali rahimahullah is giving us. These are the things people use to gain status in the status. You know, subhanAllah, today we even say, update your status. Like, subhanAllah, like, did they like intentionally look through the like, hadith and like, how should we design these uh, Shaytani things like <laughs> literally like how should we design it alright let's just learn this and do the exact opposite of it that's it right there so so he says there's five things one uses their body now this is male and female you know what I'm saying Instagram he's like right whatever right showing off okay number two clothes style number three speech and actions all of this is Instagram <laughs> Number four, guess what he says next? Followers. 
Subhanallah. Like literally, Imam Ghazali, you going to do us like that? Imam Ghazali says, one uses body to show off, one uses clothes to show off. And remember, what does Riyadh mean? To seek level status in the heart. Come forward, man. Someone's got to fill this spot, Shay. Come on. Thank you. So Imam Ghazali says what? In order to seek a level in the hearts of people, how do we do that? One of five things. Now, what he's explaining at this point is that you can use dunya and deen to try to take to get position in people's heart. Like some people use deen, but not everyone uses deen. Some people use dunya. But he says whether it's deen or dunya, it's going to be one of these five things that people use in order to get that status in people's hearts. Do you understand what I mean by this? Again, I'm going to say that again. Deen or dunya. You, you, either one. You can use either one. But whatever it is, you're going to use one of these five things in order to seek that status in people's hearts. SubhanAllah. Number one was physical body form. Number two, clothes and style. Clothes and style. Number three, speech and actions. Speech and action uses their, their words to get that position in people's hearts. Number four, followers. Look how many followers I have. Come on, join on. Come on. And then he says, He says, He's like, just things. Like, look what I got. I got this. Look, I got this. I got this. I got this car. I got this. I got this. So these things, he says, people need these things. Now, if someone uses these things to gain position in people's hearts, he says that it can be one of three levels. It's not getting too technical for you, is it? No. All right, cool. He said it could be mubah, which means okay. It can be permissible, or it can be haram. What are we talking? Are we talking about using deen, using like salat to get it? Like, remember when we talk about riyah? Let me back up for a moment. When we normally talk about riyah, we're talking about you praying salat so people see you, right? Right now, Imam Ghazali is like, hold on, before we even talk about that, I want to start you off somewhere else. People use all five things to normally get that position in people's hearts. Sometimes it's deen, sometimes it's dunya. Everyone understand? Now, you go for a job and they ask for your resume, are you going to be sitting there like hiding what you do good? Like, nah, nah, I did that for Allah, you <laughs> Like, next, next. Next. So, so Imam Ghazali explains, listen, showing off what you did, seeking fame through these things can be one of three levels. Now this is not deen, deen at all. It's all dunya. Mubah. What does mubah mean? It means allowed. Mubah means just allowed. It's okay. Number two. And you know what example he gives for this? Like you give, he gives the example of giving like a lot of money to like a politician, right? So people see you gave it, but you don't have any intention for reward. You're rich, you're loaded. You don't make intention for sadaqah, but you just want people to know you're, you're whatever. So he gives wealth without the intention of what? Sadaqah. See, if he made intention for sadaqah, then it has to be what? Purely for Allah. Okay, everyone understand? So that's mubah. He's like, it's mubah, whatever. You could do it, it's your money, right? Number two, permissible. You know a good example of this? When Yusuf السلام, applied for the job of treasurer, and he's like, Inni Ali Munhafir. Like, yo, I know how to do this. I got knowledge. Give me the job. See, that's good. See, we want a Muslim in that position. So that he could do what's good, da 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 da. But he showed his actions in order to get that position. Bam, permit it right there. So that 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 resume, yo, fill it up. Right? Put all those extra, you volunteer, this, this, that, everything. Put it all in there. No riyah, mashallah. And then he says, um, obviously there can be a haram uh, usage of this, and everything we're going to go into next is going to be um, uh, talking about all these different haram types of riyah. Everything else we're going to be talking about is the different haram types of riyah. So right, let's go forward now. Now, next thing. Imam Ghazali explains that there are four levels of riyah. Four levels. I always break these things down into levels and things like this so you can study it and learn it, right? And actually under, put everything in its proper category. So the first thing, it's a bit warm, right? I don't know. 
AC on? Huh? Please, look like I appreciate it. Okay. He says, listen, first thing first, four levels. First level is this. The action is only for the sake of people with no trace of it being for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the worst level. And for this, the person not only doesn't get reward, but guess what? They get sin. So this is like a person, like he praying salah with no wudu. Like, all right, y'all praying, I'm going to pray. No wudu, nothing. So this person, if we were to look at two things. <laughs> Sorry. Two things. See, what when we talk about riyah, understand this. For every action, there has to be an insider to the action. There has to be something pushing you out of bed for fajr. There has to be something waking you up for tahajjud. There has to be something pushing you, right? So there can be one of two things pushing you. Guess what? The desire for the reward from Allah. Or the people seeing you and what that will create in their heart for you. Understood? Two things. Now, in relation to those, these two things, there's four categories of riyah. The first is that the desire for good is zero. And you're only doing it because people are watching you. That's the only reason. No other feeling at all. Imam Ghazali explains for this, not only do you not get reward, but it's sinful as well. And this brings the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Level number two. He says, the intention for a reward is weak. He was like, yeah, I'll get a little reward. But if he was by himself, he wouldn't do the action at all. So it's the real push behind the action is the fact that the people are watching. So there's a little desire for reward, but if it wasn't for the other factor, which was people watching me right now, I wouldn't do it at all. So that is the primary catalyst. That is the primary insider to the action. And he's like, for this one, there's no reward for the action. And it's, sim it's sinful as well, but it's nowhere near as sinful as the first one. The hemtum, inshallah. All right, number three. He goes, what do you think is the next one? Huh? Yeah, exactly. He goes, <laughs> the people watching you alone isn't enough to make you do it, but the a reward alone also isn't enough to make you do it. So both of these things together are like, oh, I'm more from Pajar, all right, cool. Right? Such and such, I'm always there. You don't see me there. I'm trying to get married, so. <laughs> um, whatever. The point is that, like, the push, and you're like, yeah, plus the hadith, yeah. <laughs> Like both of those things together get you out of the bed to do that action, right? Or think of sadaqah, they're fundraising, right? And like by yourself, if you were by yourself, you are like, no, I ain't giving nothing, right? But the fact that everyone's watching, plus the reward, like, yes, 10,000, right? Okay, cool. He said, now listen, what do you think the result of this is? He says, no reward, but guess what? Inshallah, no sin as well. He puts this right in the middle. So like you did that action and it was equally balanced between showing off pushing you and the reward pushing you, guess what? No sin, but also no. You see how each one pushes away the other one? You can correlate the two. Everyone understand the correlation between the two, right? Hamtum? Tayyip. All right, so he says, inshallah for this, no reward and no sin. Now, the last one, the last one, he says, the knowledge that people see you slightly pushes you, slightly pushes you, but if they weren't present, the action would still happen. They're not there, you're still gonna pray. You're still gonna pray Isha at home, Fajr at home, you're still gonna do it. But if they were there, you might do it better, you might go out to the masjid, you might do more. He says, inshallah, you get the reward. He says, inshallah, you get the reward. So, so like, when the, now, Imam Ghazali explains, shirk al-khafi, the lower level of shirk, which is considered smoother than the, the uh, or lighter than the steps of an ant, as the hadith says, he says, 
this is like, the example he gives is that it's like a person who always prays to Hajjit. Imagine this. It's like a person. We're talking about that first level. I mean the lowest, number four actually. It's like a person who always prays to Hajjit. But this, today Fatima is sleeping over my house. So now I always pray. But guess what? Because she here, she's here, guess what happens? It gets easier to get up. You get what I'm saying? It gets easier. Now don't you realize how, how subtle that is in the heart? Does everyone understand? Like, Can you notice how subtle of a change that would be inside the heart? That's why the Rasul he said, the shirk that I'm worried about is this really, really subtle level of shirk where other people join in in the actions that, um, that, that we do. Understand what I'm saying? So going forward, he says, okay, a lower level than this, he goes a lower level. Now a more subtle level. We're, we're getting down to the nitty gritty of Riyadh. We're getting down to the lower levels of Riyadh. He's like, this, the next level is this. You hide your actions. You don't want anyone to know. You hide it to the max. What does the hadith say? We did it in, uh, 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 in our seminary year. You give sadaqah so quietly that what? The left hand doesn't know. So you're hiding it. What happened? You just turn on it. Just press the button again, like the power button. It should come back on. Just hold it and it'll come back on. Or else you just gotta stand there like the, the boy it's with his finger. It's on. Tayyib. Sorry, they, they can watch it crooked. Tayyib. So so he says that this level of this level of uh, Yes, you hide it to the max. You hide it as much as possible. No one want, you don't want anyone to find out about it. So you hide it to the max. But, and this is hard, and we're gonna talk about it. When people find out, what happens? You get happy. You get happy. You're right, you don't, that no one knows I'm fasting today. But once they find out, we like, Yeah. So that, Imam Ghazali says, that's the dangerous one. Now he says, listen closely. He says, when that feeling comes, if you don't fight that feeling, the, the feeling that I, I would be happy if people found out, if you don't fight that feeling, guess what? It creeps up to the next level where you start like trying to get people to find out without telling them directly. He's like, it, it, it creeps up slowly. You know, you know, you, you got, y'all know how to do that, right? <laughs> like we got mad ways to let people know we fasted without saying it, right? What do you say, Saad? You're Saad too. <laughs> He's always fasting. His name is Saad. We got, we got ways to let people know I woke up for Fajr today, right? Subtle ways. I'm tired today. <laughs> now you waiting for the question? Are you so tired today? Oh, well, you know, I can't lie right now. <laughs> this is Shaytan's logic. Shaytan's like, you gotta spell the truth, right? <laughs> Don't tell him the truth. But then the follow-up question, Shaytan, shouldn't you be tired every day? Yeah, exactly, right? You get up all the time. Kofajr, right? Yeah, of course. So listen, now, listen closely to this, though. So, so listen to this. The, the, the Prophet, uh, Imam Ghazali, Allah Ta'ala, what is he saying? He's saying the akhafa shirk, the lowest level of shirk of riyah, is that you wish people knew. They don't know, but you get happy at the thought that they would know. You get happy at the thought that they would know. Now he posed the question. He said, but wait, isn't it okay to kind of get happy? To be happy at people knowing you did good? Is there any circumstances? And he said, yes, there are three circumstances, guys. Three circumstances where it's okay to be happy that people found out about righteous deeds that you were doing. Situation number one. Your intention was purely to hide it. Purely to hide it, right? But Allah forces it to come out. Allah forces that thing to come out. Like you did your best, but then Allah forces that information to come out. And you become happy because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's uh, uh, um, happiness with you. And you don't at all 
care about the praise of the people. This is purely in your heart, guys. There is no way for me to judge this brother. No way for me to judge this brother. This is purely inside here. He goes, it comes out, but you're pleased that Allah's happiness, you're not pleased that now this is going to force me to get a spot in this guy's heart. This person will start treating me better. So on and so forth, so on and so forth. That's the first level. He says number two situation where it's okay is that Allah makes it come out. Now when Allah makes your good come out, what, what's the first thing you should realize? The first thing you should realize when Allah makes good come out is that this is Allah's satr on you. What does satr mean? Cover. Satr jameel. The satr jameel. Allah's beautiful covering of you. There's a, there's a dua. All praise to Allah who brings out the beautiful but covers the bad. Y'all know what I mean by that. Like people in your family, they see the beautiful. But then Allah covers all that bad. That's Allah's satr. We call that the satr of Allah. The covering of Allah. So he says the second situation is when you deduce from the fact that in this dunya Allah has covered up my sins and shown my good, so therefore in the akhirah Allah is going to do the same thing so you become happy. Do you get it? Okay, there's a hadith that says that you know, the one who Allah covers their sins in this world, Allah will definitely cover their sins in the akhirah. Right, understood? So he's saying the situation where you're allowed to become happy with people knowing your, the good is when you realize or deduce from the fact that Allah made this come out that look, if Allah made my evil hidden and made my good come out in this dunya, then what? What's going to happen in the akhirah? So because of that deduction, you become happy. Everyone understand? Okay. And then he says the third position, the third situation you become happy is when you feel or know that people hearing about this will now push them to do something righteous. So your happiness is only for that reason. Only because, look, now more someone else is going to come for Fajr. Someone else is coming for Fajr, right? So you know that, yo, if I tweet, or not tweet, if I like text my, my girls, whatever, yo, I went to Fajr today, or I did this today, whatever, you know it's going to force someone else to, then that's a, a reason for being happy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed that action to become um, exposed. Okay, so now, what we want to talk about at this point is the cure for Riyadh. The cure for Riyadh. This is extremely important for us to understand. Like I said at the beginning of today's halaqa, learning how to purify your heart is fardul ayn. Just like wudu, purifying your body is fard, purifying your heart is fardul ayn. You have to learn tazkiyah to nafs. Right? Dude's got perfect wudu, heart is full of garbage. Perfect prayer. Riyah, Hasid, everything. Dude, check yourself, man. But that's the real thing that's supposed to be checked. So we're going to talk about uh, uh, the, how to cure it, okay? First thing first, you have to understand the evils of Riyah. First evil of Riyah is the maqt of Allah, the hatred of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The hadith tell us over and over again that the one who does an action that was supposed to be for Allah, for the sake of people, this person is hated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So hatred of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, number one. Number two, the action is destroyed. This is the consequence of riyah. The action, no ajr, nothing. It didn't happen. You might as well have slept. You're better off sleeping, seriously, than going to Fajr for which is showing off. Because you got nothing for it. Number three, he says, he says, you have to realize the, uh, you have to realize what we mentioned before is that Riyah is naturally inside of you and it won't come out until you mature and actually take it out of you. So the, the, point, the point we all have to realize is that don't self-delude yourself. Realize I have this in my, me as well and it's not going to come out until I get it out. Okay, so how do we get rid of it? There's going to be two things we're going to do. Number one, we're going to talk about number number one. Oh, number, you want number three again? I saw you looking around. You want number three? Number three was that you have to realize that Riyah is present in everyone from birth, and it won't come out until you make an effort to take it out. Okay? Now, how do
do we do that? Two things we're going to do. Imam Ghazali teaches us we're going to do qala' uruqiha. We're going to, number one, rip out the source of it. Number one. And number two, remove that which is currently present. Two things we're going to do regarding riyah. Now, the base of riyah is love of fame and status, which can be broken down into three things. I'll say that again for those taking notes. The base of this problem of riyah is love of status, love of name and status, which is huge today. Huge. And it can be broken down into three three sub-problems. Love of the feeling when you get praised, avoiding of the pain when you get blamed, and desire for what people have. I gotta speak on each one of these. First problem, love of praise. Some of us, we, we, we thrive on people patting our back. We need that constantly. If no one pats me on my back, I can't go forward. We love the praise. It like energizes us, hypes us up, it keeps us going. So first issue is love of praise. This is, these touch home for a lot of us, okay? Number two, fear of blame. You know when someone's like, you did it wrong and it like rips you up? Like that, how it hurts? He's like, fear of blame is the second problem that causes this riyah. Love of praise and fear of blame. He's like, subhanAllah, he gives an example. He's like, sometimes a person will be amongst generous people who are giving, and he himself is stingy, but this person gives because they fear the blame of the people watching them. It's the only thing that made them give that sadaqah was the fear of blame. And number three, it's crazy. He says, desire for what is in, in the control of people. The desire to have what people... The, the, the literal meaning means what's in the hands of people. But I want you to think of it more general. You desire what people have control over. So what he's trying to tell you, if you want to cure Riyadh, three things. Stop wanting what people have. Meaning there's nothing Isa has that I want. Everything I want, guess who can give it to me? Done, right there. I'm going to say that again. There's nothing in Isa's hands. A job, money, a car, there's nothing in his hands that I want. Or nothing in his power that I want. It's all in the hands of Allah. You really got to drill that inside. Right? Because then you're like, yo, I don't care if you don't give it to me. Like, I don't care if you don't praise me. I don't care. You don't have what I need. You know, only when I want what you have do I like suck up. You know what I'm saying? When I want that grade in class, then I start sucking up to the teacher, right? When I want that such and such, his daughter's hand in marriage, then I'm like, yeah, I don't know what you're doing this weekend. I want to hang out. And you want what's in his control to some extent. You understand what I mean? So to completely, like, you, if it's in your control, I don't want it. The second one was what? Fear of blame. Listen. You, subhanAllah, the way he explains this, he says, he says that, what's the cure for this one, fear of blame? He's like, you can never please everyone. You really gotta drill this in your heart, that the moment you please one person, this auntie's upset. The moment you please mom, dad is upset. The moment you please this person, this person's upset. The moment you please anyone, there's another group of people that are going to be like, why are you doing it? I know y'all heard about the donkey and the, and the boy and the man. Yeah. Is there any one person who hasn't heard? You haven't heard about the donkey, the boy, and the man? Alhamdulillah, I love telling this story. <laughs> I always look for like, what? you don't know it? All right, let me tell you. <laughs> Is there anyone else that doesn't know it? Thank you. Yes, alhamdulillah. Okay. All right, so there's this, so there's this boy. There's this man traveling with a donkey and he has his young boy on the back of the donkey. So they're traveling past a village, right? And it's different narrations, whatever, I'm giving my style, right? They're passing by a village and the people see this and they go, look at this boy. No edda for his father. He's making his father walk. 
Look, it's no other. So the father hears this and he wants to adjust. He doesn't like blame of people. He wants everyone to be happy with him. So what does he do? He gets off, he, get, he gets his son off and he gets on the donkey and they keep going. They pass by another village and these people see it, they're like, man, look at this oppressive father, man, making his poor son walk while he rides the donkey. Man, the father hears this, he's like, man, I don't like the blame of people. He gets off, they both walk him. They pass by another village. Yeah, look at these two fools. Allah gave him a donkey and they both walk it. <laughs> So the father's like, man, forget this. He puts the donkey on his back. Like, no, that's the last one I add to it, right? The point, the point though, right? Never forget that. Wallahi, wallahi, wallahi. That, I said wallahi like three times. It's maybe because I, I, I caught y'all on that, they right? They ride the donkey and people say, Ah, uh, yes, I forgot one. They both get on the donkey and people are like, look at these people oppressing the donkey. Yes, there you go. The point being what, guys? You gotta remember this. We live in a society where we're constantly trying to appease people. Stop trying to appease people because it will drive you insane. Guess what? Appease one thing. Allah. That's it. That's it. Just move over. I'm trying to appease everyone. No. There's a hadith. Man talaba ridha nas fi sakhatillah. Beautiful hadith. Whoever seeks out the pleasure of people in the anger of Allah, Allah will get angry with that person and cause the people to be angry with that person. But whoever seeks out the pleasure of Allah, regardless of the anger of the people, Allah will be pleased with him and make the people pleased with him as well. Stop pleasing people. Just drop it. There's no end to it. You'll be running from here to there, here to there. Just one thing every morning. You wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror, you look in the mirror, what do you say? Allahumma kama hasanta khalqi fa hasan khuluqi. All I'm worried about is Allah's eyes on me today. And now I won't change my clothes 15 times. Right? I'm over here right now. You change your clothes 15 times in the morning because you like, but if he sees me then, if she sees me then, if this person, you're going crazy. You're going crazy. Just walk out like, yo, Allah sees me, bam, let's go. Now that means I look good still. I, you know, made myself look good, you know, trimmed up here a bit, you know, looking good, but I'm not worried about what people think. I go on my day. I go about my day. Stop trying to please the people. So three things, seeking the... Praise of people. This is also very dangerous. This is also very dangerous. Seeking the praise of people is the very first thing. And he says you have to realize that the praise of people don't do nothing for you. You really got to take this in your heart. What did you get when people praised you? Nothing. You fear the blame. What did you get by their blame? Nothing. Nothing. You know, at one time, I'll tell you something that really stuck in my heart. And I don't know if I'll be able to articulate it the way it hit me, but I'll try to. I was riding in the car one time with my teacher. And he was driving. And he had a, he had a uh, imama on, right? A turban on, right? And he was driving. And, you know, he made a slight mistake or something. Very small, right? And you know how people, like, overreact, right? So the dude, like... He looked over at us and he was like, blah, blah, blah. and I'm all like in the hearts of people, like, you know, me, right? What we what we're not supposed to. I'm worried about everybody on the road, make everybody happy with me. So he says he doesn't even look over, and he says something like, no matter what you do, people will be upset. And he was so he just kept rolling. Now he wasn't all over the road. He just made a slight mistake, something, but it didn't. Even, he didn't even look over. Yo, we pull up, we like. <laughs> every person, like, why are you in every car? <laughs> My wife, she, uh, she's here, all she knows. <laughs> why are you in every car? Because you in every heart. No, all jokes aside, you in every car because you in every heart. Get out of every heart and connect with Allah. You get what I'm trying to say? Stop being in everyone's heart. Just connect to Allah. That's it. You will go crazy if you keep trying to please people. 
and you will be free. I'm telling you, the moment you stop seeking praise, you stop caring about blame, and what's the last one? You stop wanting what's in the hands of people. Stop wanting what's in the hands of people. So, Alright, so that is um, those that's the, the main cure. The main cure is this knowledge. The main cure of this riyah are these knowledges, these points. The blame of people, the praise of people, and wanting what's in their hand. And the cure for that that he explains is that knowledge, first and foremost, knowledge of the negative consequences of riyah, right? That knowledge of the, the negative consequences of Allah, and we already we already talked about that. But also knowledge that the blame and the praise of people doesn't do anything for you. And understanding how it affects you psychologically, where you're at. You're running from all here to there, all over the place. So main thing I would I would I want to end this halakha with, inshallah ta'ala, inshallah 52 minutes. Okay, the main thing I would like to end this halakha with is the emphasis on you guys realizing that tazkiyatun nafs, purifying your heart from these things is fardul ayn. And it's something Sunday school don't talk about too much. And it's something that the people on the member don't talk about too much. But it's something that is a key element of the deen. A key element. So you have to learn how. Today we learned, how do I remove riyah? At least now you should be able to detect riyah. You should be able to detect, did anything else push me to this action? One of the key signs is, do you feel the same level of encouragement when people are watching and when they're not? That's the biggest thing. You know that yourself. Is your, how is your prayer when nobody's watching? And how is it in the masjid? That right there is that key thing. All right? If you see a difference, that's, there's, some tint, there's some hint of riyah. If there is no difference, this is called siddiq. What is siddiq? When the external matches the internal. So we ask Allah to give that to us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take out of our hearts that strong concern for what people think about us and to replace that with a strong concern of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala thinks about us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make our actions pure for His sake. Whatever we do, we ask you, Ya Allah, to make our actions purely for your sake, Ya Allah. We ask you to forgive us, Ya Allah, for whatever actions we did. If there was any any slight hint of the action being for someone else, for something else, Ya Allah, we ask you to take that out of our heart, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Alameen. Guys, I really don't feel I did justice to this topic enough. Um, I know it's for us who are, for many of us who are starting on the journey. Remember, if you just came a little late, remember what I said. Maturity. If you're at a beginning stage in your Islam, you could be a convert or not. It don't matter. But if you're at a beginning stage of Islam, you may still need what? That encouragement. Yes. And that's okay. Okay. Okay, <laughs> but there's a point where you gotta get move on, right? So I want you to realize that if you're at that stage that you still need that encouragement, fabiha, it's okay. Alhamdulillah, that's khair, inshallah. That will get you moving. But I taught you today where you're supposed to get at, and where you're supposed to get at is that the people's eyes are like the eyes of 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 of, of other. I didn't want to give the example that I've read in books because it sounds bad. But can I give you an example? So this guy was in the masjid, right? In like one of those back home masjids, right? So he hears the door of the masjid open. He's alone and he's praying. So he hears the door of the masjid open, right? So he kind of like stretches his prayer a little longer. And then when he turns around, he realizes that a dog strayed into the masjid. <laughs> And the whole time he was strengthening his, lengthening his prayer for a khalid that came into the masjid. <laughs> like, what did you get? But if reality is, if a person was there, it's the same reality. What did you get? And stop trying to be in people's hearts. That's the key for me today. Like, why do I want to be in someone's heart? What, what do I want from them? There's more to say on it. Um, time is up, inshallah. May Allah give us tawfiq. I hope this was beneficial for everyone, inshallah ta'ala. And just know your level, and inshallah, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, accept all of your righteous deeds, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, but know our goal, where we're trying to get to. Wa akhru da'wana, and alhamdulillah.
Any oh sorry sorry any questions? Yeah, my bad, my bad, my bad. Yes. Go ahead, you first. Oh, the du'a. Yes, yes. Let's first do the du'a. Uh, I'll read it in Arabic, then I'll translate it. I'll read it a few times in Arabic uh, for those who want to write it down or try to memorize it. The du'a is Allahumma. You can repeat after me. That's okay. It's not bid'ah. All right. Allahumma, inni a'udhu bika an ushrika bika shay'a a'lamuhu wa astaghfiruka lima la a'lamu. Let's do the English, inshallah. At least we can read the dua. Allah listens to English duas as well, inshallah. Oh Allah, I seek refuge from associating partners with you knowingly. And, hold on, you don't have to repeat it, I'm just saying it so Oh Allah, I seek refuge with you from associated partners with you knowingly, like on purpose. I know I'm doing, I'm showing off. And I, I ask you for forgiveness for when I unknowingly do it. That's the dua, okay? Oh Allah, I seek refuge with you from purposefully or knowingly associating partners with you. And I ask you forgiveness for when I do it unknowingly. That's the dua, inshallah. The Prophet said, whoever reads this dua in the morning and evening will be protected from riyah. Like the whole khutbah, the Prophet said, just read this dua morning and evening, you're good. You will be protected from riyah. So imagine you come to Yom Al-Qiyamah, Allah is like, you had riyah. You're like, yo, but I read the dua. Yeah, yeah, good. Okay, cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> Inshallah, right? So just learn that dua. If someone wants me to read it into their, if someone knows it, read it into someone's voice note for them so that they have it, inshallah. And that way, if you read it like three days straight, you got it. You know, that's how. Huh? Oh, our, our, our telegram group. Yeah, inshallah. For those of you who don't know, we have a telegram group just for this halakha local people so they know when the halakha is and stuff like that, inshallah. So um, I can post it on the group. That would be great, inshallah. If you're not on the Telegram group, someone can add you. Another question. You got a question? Oh. Yes. So the thing that I get confused about a lot, and it's probably too big to address, but the difference between what you're talking about being in parts or like when you're being in the heart of your spouse, like when you're doing something just to please them or because you know it'll make them happy, but you don't really want to. But, but isn't that, so what I think about that is, Okay, okay, great. That's a great question. When uh, it was either Hassan or Hussein, radiallahu anhu, who asked Ali, their father, Oh Ali, oh dad, do you love me? He said, Yes. He said, Do you love my father? Uh, do you love my brother? He said, Yes. He said, Well, how do you love us and love Allah when Allah says, So he said, How do you have all these love? He said, No, no. I only love you for the sake of Allah. It's only for Allah's sake. I think when it comes to pleasing a spouse, that is purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inshallah. Like, I'm serving you, I'm taking care of you, I'm loving you because God told me to and not for anything of my own desire. Like, the sincerity there, I'll give you an example. Many spouses will show love when they can get something back. You know what I mean? Okay, right? Y'all know, know that. There's only a few married brothers over here, but um, when they can get reciprocity to that, then they show love. That's not ikhlas. Because you're showing that love to get something back. But if you show just pure love for the sake of that person, then that's that's for the sake of Allah. I think that is ikhlas in that action. Um, but when it comes to ibadah, I would still hide ibadah from my spouse. You know what I'm saying? Like a tahajjud. I'm not gonna wake up my head like, I got up for tahajjud today. <laughs> no, I'm gonna try to slide out the bed and go and pray and come back and nobody know. You know what I'm saying? Sadaqah may be harder because she's watching the bank account. <laughs> oh, that's what we spoke about at the second category where we said sometimes you make the action known because it's going to be encouragement for others as well. Your 
So you're saying there's no riyah between you, like you can't. I understand what you're saying. You already got a spot in their heart. How you gonna see God a spot in the heart through ibadah? I still think you can show off. I still think you can show off actions in front of your spouse because you want them to see what you're doing. It could, but not necessarily. Not necessarily. I think you should have some actions that nobody knows. Except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the angels. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> 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 okay, yes, another question? I would have said yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, I thought that I said yes. So, uh, uh, I apologize. There's a question, brother. I have a question. I apologize if, if this was addressed because I can't relate. It's okay. Uh, is it like one of the things that I think about when, they, when people speak about Riyadh is that, uh, like, Sometimes we're encouraged to be uh, amongst good people. Yes. And because of the effect that the good people has on us. Okay. So is, is me, can I add? Can I add to that? Yeah, absolutely. I think I know where you're going. Okay. If you don't mind. All right. Okay. So, the, so I got you. I'll repeat the question. The question is that we're encouraged to be around good people because of the effect that they have on us, right? Um, and that, how does that fit with Riyadh, yeah. basically? Um, so there, there's a few things that come to mind uh, with that. When you're in the company of righteous people, by you seeing them doing righteous, that will definitely give you encouragement to do to do righteous deeds as well, no doubt. Um, I think you can still be pure in your intention of being with them. My intention of being around y'all is because when I'm around y'all, I'm a better person. I don't think there's any sign of Riyadh there, but rather I'm being around good people because they help me become a, a better person. Now. My goal is to be able to take that me that is with y'all to me by myself. Do you you get what I mean? My goal is that through being and spending time with you guys, right, that makes me better. When I leave company, I'm able to keep that up. Do you you get what I mean? So I I got it, inshallah. So I kind of feel that that good company can definitely aid you into going into khulus ikhlas. Um, just as bad company can pull you out of righteous actions um, as well. One more thing about Riyah. Riyah is not only when you do an action, but when you don't do an action because people are watching as well. So we always talk about Riyah as when I do it because people are watching me. We never talk about it where I don't pray because people are watching me. That's Riyah as well. Because the fact is the people seeing you should not affect the action. Doing or not doing. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom. So side question here. Yes. So, so sh- remember the definition of riyah. Thank you for this question because it would be missed. She, the question was to repeat it. We're, say it one more time. You said we want to be with good. You want to be a good people. You want to stay away from bad influences. How would you know good and bad influences if you don't see some of the actions, right? So here's the deal. It's not about people seeing you. It's not about someone seeing you do subhanallah, subhanallah. It's about talabul manzila fi nas. It's about you trying to seek out a position in people's heart. It's about the intention. But I don't want to make it so minute. I want you to realize it is very difficult, but at the end of the day, it's not about being seen or not, right? It's not about whether you give a public lecture or you give sadaqah in front of people or read Quran openly. It's not the action, it's what you seek through the action. Do you understand? So just mujarrid, just alone, the action being visible doesn't mean there's riyah. As if your heart is, is there, like I could care less if you're watching me, I'm going to do this anyway. You could do it all openly. You could do it all openly, right? And, and another aspect is Islam is such that it's a social religion. We can't hide most of our ibadah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like most of our ibadah, people are going to see me. I have to, subhanAllah, isn't it amazing? We're told to do everything with ikhlas, but then you got to come to Fajr, it's public. See the balance? 
Like, imagine if Allah was like, have your class, pray, pray salah at home. Okay, no one sees me anyway. But no, Allah said, have it class and do it in front of everyone. So you're constantly struggling. Constantly struggling. Right? And don't think of this, that I should wake up tomorrow and be cured. This is a daily struggle. Everyone understand? Like this is, is a lifetime process. Today, I just put the map out there before you that we were trying to get to. Okay? I hope this helped, inshallah. Yes, one more question. Last question, inshallah, just because I don't want it to get too long. Yes? Uh, one question. Well, uh, you talked about the things that people use discuss nowadays, like clothes, possessions. Five things. Yeah, it's five things. Now, a lot of that you said kind of relates to social media, Instagram. So yeah, man, big time. How do we navigate that whole spectrum? Yo. Yo. The question was, how do we navigate the aspect of... Like, that we're trying to get in people's hearts through social media by showing them all of these things. Yo, wallahu alam, bro. That's uncharted territory right there, man. That's, it's dangerous to me. Honestly, a lot of us really, really thrive off those likes, man. Like, a lot of people, that's, they wouldn't know what to do if Instagram, like, shut down. They wouldn't know what to do. Like, I thrive off people seeing me and, like, commenting and giving me that acceptance. So I really don't know my, I hate to be like the old dude saying like, don't use it too much, but like, check yourself, just check your attention, man. I mean, it's like, why are you show? You gotta just, here's the easy way. Ask your intention before you post something. Just see your intention, right? If your intention is maybe people will start doing khair or something like that, but if your intention is just to get, you know, likes from people, you might have some deeper psychological issues that need to be ironed out. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's no, that's real. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's real. yeah, like you might have some deeper psychological issues that you're not realizing need to be ironed out. The fact that you have to post on Instagram for people to comment on your life. So, hey, inshallah. All right. So, no, one thing is me consuming. Another is posting my life. I'm talking about me posting my life. Oh, like, this is what I ate for breakfast this morning. Like, look at me again. Hey, I'm, I'm beautiful today. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Look at this new fit right here. Like, I, I mean, if your intention is pure, bismillah, yo, close. But, so I'm not talking about consuming lectures and good content. I'm talking about us posting so much. Okay. All right, we're done, inshallah. Subhanakallah, wa bihamdika, shalom, wa la ilaha, 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 Subhanallah, ibn Abdul Izzat, 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 ibn Abdul Iz